I like watching First Take when Christopher Russo is on, and I really haven't quite figured out why yet. I think it's because, Josh, we usually watch First Take with the audio down, right? So maybe that's part of it. <laughs> we, we, watch, we watch First Take without any audio, so it's awesome to us. But I don't call, – call me old school or, or call me too much of a Midwesterner. But I'm not somebody who's like, oh, you got to get Mike and the Mad Dog back together. Am I? Am I alone in that? Is that a bad thing on my front? I, I no, I don't. I'm like need even that with either. their documentary. I'm like, I, I don't know who these guys are. I know Christopher Russo because he's on Mad Dog. That's it. Speaking of these types of talk shows, did uh, our man Skip Bayless? Did he finally jump the shark the other day with Shannon Sharp? Oh no, they got exactly what they wanted on that. That's what sucks. They got exactly what they wanted on that, dude. They got buzz and people talking about it. By the way, speaking of buzz, I wanna, we weren't saying anything negative about Billy Tubbs or, or Billy Ball at all. Do we need to clarify that? Maybe, yeah. Okay. Basically, uh, the point that we were making, and I get it. People jump in and out at any time. They're nothing negative. It's just it was so good and it was so entertaining that it's hard for anything to live up to that standard. And I think for some old school fans, it's, well, it's not Billy Ball. It's not exciting enough for us. And, it makes it hard. That's all we said. Did it? Did it get misconstrued or something? Well, and maybe yes. And huh. you know the LNC not being up to par with other arenas. I mean, that just is the reality of the situation. Sure. I don't know how many times I have to come on here and tell you that Lloyd Noble Center is not good enough for the University of Oklahoma. It's not. Point blank. End of yeah. story. Done. Now I'm not going to sit here every single morning, day after day, and tell you how to spend your tax dollars or th- this or that. It is what it is, right? I can't make, I can't change everybody's mind. But uh, if you don't see the value in bringing a new arena to the city of Norman, then, you know, what are we even doing here? Someone asked a good question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, okay, first of all, stop. 918, I absolutely know what jump the shark means. All right, stop it. Absolutely. Wanna, I, I hate it when this happens. I hate it when I see a good text and with the, the makeup of our Air Comfort Solutions text line, like as soon as you see a text, boom, something jumps in. Jump the shark is from Happy Days, and it's a John Hine thing, buddy. Stern show. That's block right. him? Block him? No, Teddy doesn't let me block anyone anymore. <laughs> we, are, we are on uh, – we've been blocked from blocking. But, no, someone asked a really good question. Is this something similar – to what Baylor is building in Waco? I would say yes. I would say it's something similar to what Baylor is building in Waco. I think it's something similar to what they've done in Frisco. I think this is very similar to a lot of the multifaceted event centers that you've seen all across the uh, the country. And they've worked. You know, it's funny because they built, and I, I go back to Tulsa a lot on this, right? But when they built the BOK, what was the complaint about when they built it? And, and maybe some still have it today, but I'll double-check with Travis. The big complaint was what? Oh, well, there's nothing to do outside of just go to the BOK. I got to drive over here and I got to drive over there. And now you've started to see some things grow down there. It takes time. This is one of those where it's like, hey, we're going to put it all and let's go. We'll see how it grows with people coming. But it's going to be fascinating to find out what that next step is in the possibility and the growth of a Norman arena that would be off campus and serve as the home of OU basketball. And again, it, 
There wasn't anything negative about any coach, any any fan base, any person. It's just the reality that sometimes whenever you're trying to jumpstart passion, you might need a new arena to do it. I think it's fair to say if it's not going to be a – what did we say the number was on the upgrade they did to Assembly Hall for the fight in Illini of Illinois? You know, if you're not going to do a $150 million renovation to an arena – then you're probably just going to want to start over and build something new. Assembly Hall's Indiana, though, right? Uh, what, did I say Assembly Hall? <laughs> yeah. Um, did I really? Yeah, wherever Illinois plays. I, I cannot believe – are you sure I said Assembly Hall? I think so, but it's okay. Well, that – well, I'm a moron if I had said that. But the original name of the uh, Fighting Illini – home arena before it was the State Farm Center or the State Farm Arena. Yeah, if I said Assembly Hall, uh, that was actually the name of it before it changed to State Farm Center. Oh, really? Yeah. So you scared me there for a little bit. I was like, wait a minute, what? But they called, yeah. Um, It opened in 1963 and was known until uh, 2013 as Assembly Hall. 2013 State Farm Insurance acquired the naming rights. Boy, you really had me freaked out for a moment. I was like, wait a minute. But, yeah, there was uh, two essential assembly halls, I guess. In the, <laughs> I'm in, sorry, man. In I, I didn't mean to gaslight you there. I would rather be proven right um, than proven wrong. It's, do you even know what assembly hall is? Uh, very funny, 5808. All right, are you ready? Let's go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. We do this every single day, and it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Here we go. Big. Oh, wait, hold on. First of all, it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. By the way, the 972 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line and I are having the same problem. He writes, I started the survey three times. I lost internet connection during the second and finally finished what seemed to be two hours later. FYI, Billy Ball sold out Lloyd Noble. I had season tickets then. You couldn't get an extra ticket. Yeah, was was the survey just a little bit too long? Is that what we're getting? Bro, I've been doing it during the commercial breaks on this show. I mean, I wish they would have asked for help. Yeah, I mean, a good survey should be 10 minutes. I mean, I'm I'm still – so basically the gist of this – is they want to know if you're going to buy tickets, which is fine. But then they want, are you going to buy ledge seats? Are you going to buy um, luxury seating? Are you going to buy a suite? Are you going to buy group tickets? I'm like, I, can, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I can solve weekend. it for them. Right. I, can, I, I can answer all of those questions right now. Oklahoma fans will know they will not be buying tickets. <laughs> I mean, this looks awesome, and I like everything about it, but why do you keep asking me about – Club seats, courtside seats, premier seats, ledge seats, small group seating, luxury suites. I mean, and then after all of this, it goes back and it's like, so among those options, which one would you really like to purchase? I'm like, I don't know. I've gone through this whole process and it's been so damn long. I've lost attention like five times. Who put this freaking thing together? You wouldn't think I said something mad about a coach or anyone. No, whoever put this survey together needs to be fired. This is terrible. This thing takes for freaking ever. Survey should take five minutes, 15 questions. You want it? Here's what. Not, 
Here's the seating. Would you click in the area that you want to see? Now, if you're sitting there, how much would you be willing to spend? Would you spend this? Would you spend that? How much more would you want to spend? I don't freaking know. I want an arena. I don't want 86 questions about how I would feel about where I want to sit. This isn't that hard. Whatever survey company put this together needs to be canned. No wonder we can't get anything done. Burr! So you had fun uh, with the survey then? I can't get the thing done. I can't. You have a guy that's committed to this and and going through it, and I'm begging, hey, take the survey, take the survey. You need a day off to take this survey. (laughs) (laughs) and, And I appreciate what we're trying to do, but holy smokes, man. Final question of the survey. You enjoyed this survey experience. <laughs> strongly agree, agree, uh, disagree, <laughs> strongly disagree. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what's a good survey? Let me give you a good survey. Let me give you a good survey right now. You want to hear about a good survey? Go to KREF Sports on Twitter. Here's a good survey. It's very easy. It's a very simple question. What's your preferred way of listening to our content? App, radio dial, app and radio, desktop. Boom. That easy. 320 votes in an hour. And pretty good split. There you go. Would you like to, pref- would you like to sit here? If so, would you spend this? Might you spend this much? Could you potentially buy this? Would you buy something? Like My head is exploding trying to do this. All I want to do is figure out whether or not a new arena is possible. And I get you need to have all this data, but holy smokes. I hope none of my bosses actually did that survey. But I tell them, what are we doing right now? Newcastle Casino, online at newcastlecasino.com. Here we go with big story number five. Number five. Tributes continue to pour in for Mike Leach. We've learned a little bit more about his um, last hours. And You know what? You know what? I'm sorry, Ted. I'm sorry, Teddy. From the uh, 806, <laughs> um, I would like to never hear about an arena survey again. Blocked. All right, blocked. Blocked. Bye. See ya. Uh, tributes continue to pour in to the legendary Mike Leach after he passed away yesterday. Um, terrible story, you know, and I said this and, and it's, it sounds almost cold to say, but I want to make it very clear. It was really awesome yesterday. Not that we lost Mike Leach, but you heard so many people telling stories about him. You learned things that you didn't know. You, you went through obviously what was a horrible grieving period and for some people the way that they handle their grief is to tell stories I went back I hadn't seen I brought this up I hadn't seen the the bit with the kicker that he basically pulled off the sidelines now again that was like 15 years ago and I've slept since then so maybe it was much known uh living out in Key West during the off season was was really cool and when he first got away from football because of the firing at Texas Tech one of the great stories is that you know, he was doing Sirius XM. He was doing a lot of Sirius XM, and he would stay in Key West, and I guess during commercial breaks, he'd go jump in the pool and swim around. And then he'd come back and put his headset on, and he'd keep rolling. That's living. But I haven't seen any more information. I was, I won't lie, Josh, I was kind of surprised by how many people went, um, 
how do I say this? I was really shocked that it wasn't more of a thought that they might not play. Like my idea that Mississippi State wouldn't play in the bowl game, or at least my kind of way of thinking, is like, huh, that's a, that seems natural. And then all of a sudden, I see all the college football reporters last night. Not that it was ever a conversation or a thought, but Mississippi State will be playing in the bowl game. Well, excuse me for thinking that you might not be able to play in a game when your coach died. But looks like they're going to play, and the tributes continue to pour in. You know, time permitting, we're going to hear from the um, how mummy right after the bottom of the hour. But it was, it was a day of learning, was it not? It was a day where we learned a lot about Mike Leach and not just the nuances, but his competitive fire and passion. Absolutely, and the the sharing of the famous moments of Leach and just everybody's thoughts about uh, the impact that he had on on them was, uh, you know, it, it made a sad day into a more bearable day, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we continue to honor the memory of Mike Leach here on The Ref. Um, big story number four. Number four. So, <laughs> so the Live Golf Tournament, or the, I guess it's not necessarily called the tournament, the Live Golf Series, Josh is coming to Tulsa. This is according to, I guess, their newly released schedule. But Live Golf announced three new locations for the 2023 slate that included Cedar Ridge Country Club. This comes, of course, the year after Southern Hills hosted the PGA Championship. But Live Golf added Tulsa to a list that includes Tucson and Greenbrier, which I hear is just awesome. But May 12th through the 14th, I mean, you're my golf guy. Brian Vineyard's my golf guy. Thoughts? What what do you make of this? I love it. I love that uh, you're getting professional golf in the state of Oklahoma again. You know, obviously, uh, just coming off the the PGA Championship, which was tremendous down in uh, Tulsa this last spring, and you you get the live event – coming up here now this spring. So I think it's great. I hope that they make it a regular stop, whether it's it's right there at that course every year or just one of the courses in Oklahoma every year. I mean, I think this is, regardless of how you feel about the PGA Tour versus Live, this is one of the things that I've, I've set out there as a positive for this. The arrival of professional golf with some of these stars that have made the jump from the PGA Tour to the Live in some non-traditional PGA Tour stops, right? It opens the door for this this to happen in Tulsa. So I think it's great. I'm excited about it, and I'm sure they'll have great attendance and awesome crowds. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm sure there's going to be some backlash. Now, who knows? Everyone that's like, oh, see, you have to go to Cedar Ridge. Cedar Ridge is an awesome club. It, it, it's a really cool course. I know it's not – it's not Southern Hills. It's not Tulsa Country Club, but it's it's a really it's a cool club. I don't know how they're going to host an event this big, or at least that I perceive it to be this big. But I mean that's that's a bit of ways away, so I I wonder where Live and the PGA Tour will be by then. I mean, you think there's any chance that they've found a common ground? Probably not. But I mean, the bottom line more than anything else, Live Golf is coming to Tulsa. 
Big story number three. Number three. Boy, we still don't have much information on what the University of Texas is planning to do with Chris Beard, do we, Josh? No new news broke yesterday. Outside of the indefinite suspension, it seems as if they are gathering as much information as they possibly can on this. Um, I, I, I mentioned the Brad or Brad Blue, the Bob Blue conversation, and you know, I guess one of the big questions that I'd asked him that might fit right here was whether or not this ends in any other way than Chris Beard losing his job. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think in the end that's what happens. I would have a very hard time believing you can come back from something like this just, just on optics alone. You know, let's not – you know, I said both sides of the story. Like, if Chris Beard has an excuse, I, you know, even when he was in the jail, they asked him uh, – somehow it came up about do, is, is there any kind of video or audio um, evidence that you have and he said, yes, I have audio evidence that I was not the aggressor, that she was the aggressor, basically. And, but, but in the end, does that matter? With what you just read, the words that you just said that are on that affidavit, does it matter if she was the aggressor or he was the aggressor? And I think that's where, um, for, for everything that, that a fan would want, if they wanted to keep Chris Beard as their head coach, if there's a year-long suspension and he goes to therapy or goes to – counseling or whatever it is when he returns does that make this any better no the correct answer is no and there is a clause in his contract that basically says hey any any felony that's involved if if he's accused of a, of a felony his contract is void so i think he's going to get fired i think we'll get fired with cause and i'm pretty sure it's going to happen sooner rather than later um there was a college football note that I wanted to get to, but I, I, I kind of feel bad trying to fit anything in this same conversation with Chris Beard. So we'll mention it here in big story number two. Number two. So in addition to NFL talk, looks like Travion Henderson uh, is done for Ohio State. The running back who had not stepped on the field since November 19th uh, had a 121-yard uh, game earlier this season against Wisconsin. Ran for 118 against Michigan State, the Ohio State running back, out of the playoffs as he'll have surgery on his injured foot. But I wanted to get to some NFL stuff here. Baker Mayfield was named the uh, NFL's Offensive Player of the Week. And uh, Micah Parsons had a take. Micah Parsons had a take on whether or not the, the Philadelphia Eagles, and remember Micah Parsons, linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, on... If the, if the Eagles are really that good of a team or if it's really just all about Jalen Hurts, this is making some headlines today. May, may, maybe, maybe, wait for it. I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's system and team. I think it's a little bit of both, man, because they got a great deep, they got a great offensive line, which helps Hurts. Hurts has A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. They got a good running game. I mean, Miles um, Sanders. They scheme that they, they scheme that they have. O line. Yeah. I mean, bro, bro like, it, like, <laughs> and this Eagles Cowboys, this Eagles Cowboys coming up, ain't it? Yeah, it's coming up. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to make no enemies. I, I just like, I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that like, I can't, I, I like, I like when things are off, I, I just can't like hold it in. Like, I almost gotta say something like. 
Yeah. But again, you know, if you're if your question is, oh, is he able to get done, get it done? Is it, is it Jalen Hurts? Is it the system? I think it's when you say it's a little bit of both, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see how that's negative by any stretch of the imagination. They got a great system in Philadelphia. No one's saying Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback. I think it's worked out pretty well, Josh. I don't see any hate there. Yeah, there was absolutely nothing controversial no. about that whatsoever. I'm sure it'll get twisted to some degree because somebody will – which portion is getting aggregated that's got him in trouble? What's yeah, the I quote? just I guess the idea that they're saying it's a little bit of both. They're trying to claim that he's saying that uh, Jalen's a system quarterback. More yeah, than anything th- else. I mean that's not what he said. Right. He he absolutely. I mean he starts the quote by saying yeah it's a little bit of both, which is saying Jalen Hurts is really good. Right. And and I guess the whole idea is they found one thing. He was on the Vaughn cast. That's him and Vaughn Miller. And the question was, is it Hurts or is it the team? And he said, I think it's a little bit of both. I just, I do not, I, 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 do, I do not understand how there is any controversy from this at all. I'm, Jalen Hurts would say the exact same thing. I, I mean, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, one other NFL note. Gosh, I know we're running long here and I'm bolting at 1130. Um is there a rebuild on the horizon for Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals? This is a little bit long, but here's what Albert Breer said about it. You can stroke checks if you want to get rid of Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. They have five years left on their deal. It'd hurt if you were going to fire those guys, but you could do it. Getting rid of the quarterback's a different deal, and this is sort of similar to Denver that way, where with the quarterback, because of the structure of the contract, what you're talking about is legitimately having to go through a full rebuild because now you're taking a ton of dead money onto your salary cap for the next couple of years, which means you legitimately have to blow the thing up and rebuild from the ground up. Or is it worth it to kind of stay the course and look at this and say this was a little bit of an outlier season. We had a bunch of players on our roster that got old all at once. And if you look at Cliff's first three years, they actually were ascending. I understand the desire out there for everybody to fire everybody. I can see where you can get to a place where it makes more sense just to ride it out with those guys. Mm. We'll see. I think he's getting fired, but I, I don't think you're going to see a complete and total rebuild. Right, it'd, be, it'd be a huge mistake if they yeah. go that route. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, listen, we're talking transfer portal and the latest additions for the Sooners next right here on The Ref. All right, uh, I, I got a quick note here, and then I got a bolt, and Josh has you the rest of the way with Connor Pasby. Uh, Dylan Wade picks up an OU offer last night. TU offensive lineman. He's got offers from USC, Ohio State, TCU, uh, and it looks like Auburn. Uh, Lafayette Anulu, 2024 four-star edge, uh, has been crystal ball to Oklahoma, as has 2023 linebacker Tassili Akana, 6'3", 215. Trust me, he is awesome. Josh, have a great rest of the show. Full show, three hours tomorrow. Jenny Baranchek at 10 a.m. And uh, you got some fun stuff coming up, don't you? We do. Yep. Plank, have a good one, man. We'll hear from uh, Hal Mummy talking about, uh, obviously, Mike Leach. And Plank will be back with us tomorrow. Plank, if uh, if you're still there, have a good one, man. Yeah, he's he is out so out. And Tassilia Kana is uh, who he's talking about that Oklahoma got the crystal ball predictions in for from Wilt Fong, from Brandon Drum. Has Parker tossed one in? I don't know that uh, – maybe he already had one in for Cecilia Kana. But uh, that's huge. 6'4", 225. 
regarded as an edge rush type, though I, I think there's – and it'll be interesting to hear from Parker here in about a half hour or so some of his thoughts on this. I don't know that he's just a lock it up, throw away the key, that he's an edge rush type for Oklahoma. He's, you know, initially was listed as a linebacker on 24-7 sports, though probably he could, if asked to, could do both. At Oklahoma, I mean, it kind of just depends on whether or not they're going to add, you know, 30 pounds, whatever, onto his frame and turn him into that edge rush type. But big-time crystal ball prediction in here. And let's see, yeah, Parker's had the prediction in for him. Number 34, according to the 24-7 sports recruiting rankings, number four edge, top player from Utah in both the 247, uh, you know, site-specific rankings and then the 24-7 sports composite rankings, Akana, the 102 player nationally and the number 16 edge. And uh, I, for one, would love to see Wade wind up at Oklahoma and hopefully Cohen from Alabama as well. Some offensive line help out of the transfer portal I think would be gigantic for the Sooners just given what uh, you're going to lose with the two tackles in Harrison and Morris with Murray. So you're replacing a lot of starting production and – I'm excited about what the futures for both Jake Taylor and Jake Sexton can look like at OU. Savion Bird's somebody that it feels like there's some legitimate hype around, but uh, that's just hype at this point. So if you can get somebody that's, again, somebody like Wade that was regarded three-star type talent and somebody like Pop from Tulsa that covers the team, Jeremy Poplin, the way that he does, if he's as high on Wade as he is, then probably this is somebody that can come into Oklahoma and at the very least give you some legitimate depth straight away. So Oklahoma to me absolutely should be in the mix for some offensive line transfer portal acquisitions. And the offer right there shows you that Oklahoma feels that way. They'd like to add a couple of guys out of the transfer portal along its offensive line. They need they need to land several of those names just to uh, help the transition into next season let's take a break let's have the well let's play the conversation of chris plank talking with how mummy should be great uh, reflecting on mike leach we'll do that next and then we'll close up the show some of your phone calls if you want to chime in here riverwind uh, casino call in line 405-329-9000 air comfort solutions text line we'll play clean up on that a lot of uh arena discussion today which uh, i'm you know that's always going to be a polarizing topic. Anytime tax dollars come into play, there's a lot of uh, opinions, a lot of varying opinions on that. But uh, we can clean up the text line before we get out to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. It is the Plank Show. Josh Elmer with you for just a couple more segments right here. The home of Sooner fans. Mopping roofing brings us hour number three of the Plank Show. We are back again to hour number three, which is presented by Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered. Oklahoma, locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing, serving all of Oklahoma, has been in business for over 35 years. Number to call, 405-703-3843. So, mentioned that Chris Plank had the chance to catch up with How Mummy and talk about Mike Leach, the the impact there, obviously, uh, Mike Leach 
protege of How Mummy. You've heard Bob Stoops talk about that countless times, about how he wanted How Mummy's offense. And Mike Leach, that was the guy. And then, of course, the rest is history from there. Mike Leach goes on and has a, a legacy unlike many others. And Chris Plank started by asking, hey, it's tough. How are you hanging in there, How with uh, obviously the, the sad news, the loss of a close friend? Well, it's, it's been a it's been a tough uh, 48 hours or so, but I want to extend my condolences to his family and, and the whole Mississippi State family. And that's uh, it's just it's a great he's it's a terrible loss, really is. So, with that in mind, um, let's share some of the happier moments. What were your first thoughts whenever you saw Mike Leach as a coach? What were your first thoughts when you saw this guy that? Hadn't really played the game, but seemed to have an incredible passion about it. What were your first impact and thoughts on on uh, on Mike Leach? I knew he was really bright because I had spent about three months talking to him before he ever came to campus, or before we ever met. We actually met the first time at BYU at their spring practice. And uh, I knew I spent a few days with him at, at BYU, and, and I knew I wanted to get him on my staff be the o-line coach and so i invited him back to campus to uh seal the deal but uh he was uh he was bright you could tell he, he was he, he, you didn't have to talk to him for very long to realize this is a guy who's well read uh catches on fast and and uh could learn anything that that uh the football world had to offer coach what were what what was that time at Kentucky like for you uh, with Coach Leach? I, I know that he he ended up going to Oklahoma and then quickly thereafter uh, got the head job there at Tech. But what were those Kentucky years like? Well, that was the last two years we were together, and at that point he had matured as a coach to the point where he needed to be a head coach. It was, it was his turn, and and. Uh, he went on a bunch of interviews and a lot of schools that I won't name turned him down. And he came to my office and he, he sits down. He had just got turned down by one again. And this is what we were getting ready to play in the Outback Bowl. And uh, he says, I'm the Avis rent car of assistant coaches. <laughs> <laughs> so I just laughed and I said, look, you're going to get one. Just hang in there. And then a, a few an hour or so later, Bob Stoops called. And he'd just been named head coach at Oklahoma. And I'd read some of the names he had hired, like Mark Mangino and Steve Spurrier Jr. And, uh, you know, just various kind of big-name assistants. And uh, he calls and he says, I want to hire Mike to be my offensive coordinator. Can he call plays? I said, yeah, of course. He calls around here all the time. So we kind of share that all the time. I said, I said most of the time, Bob be quite frank about it. The, the guy called the plays the quarterback, but but uh, he I said he can run an offense if that's what you want. I said, but now do you want to hire him just because it's kind of sexy to hire a Kentucky coach, or do you want to hire him because you want to run our offense? And he said he proceeded to cite the stats from the two years previous to our arrival in Lexington between Florida and Kentucky. And then he cited the stats for the two years that we played. And he said, I want to run your offense. And uh, I said, well, I think it'd be a good idea to hire Mike Leach. And 
Bob Stoops deserves a lot of the credit because he was the first guy to run our offense that was not on my staff. And, and, uh, so I went down the hall and I told Mike, I said, you should, I hate to lose you, but you should probably do this. It is OU and, uh, you'll probably get a huge raise, but more importantly, he's a he's looked at as a defensive coach and you'll be the offensive coach. So you'll get the credit for whatever happens. Mm. And, and he did. And he went and he recruited Josh Heupel and, got them to a bowl game and then went to Texas tech. And then they end up winning the national championship the next year with the offense he'd put together for them. Yeah. And in fact, coach mummy, I didn't even realize this, but it wasn't just Josh Heupel that he brought. He also brought Nate Hibble and they stole Jason white from Miami on signing day in 99. And all he did was play in a couple national championship games and won a Heisman. So you yeah, know, we, we, yeah, we've talked about it for three hours here on Big 12 today, or we're going to talk about it for three hours today. It's pretty incredible, not just the impact he had on Oklahoma, but this entire conference. Oh, yeah, no question. There's a, one point there. I think uh, back about maybe six or eight years ago, I think all but one school in your league was running <laughs> running offense. So, yeah, he, he everybody emulated Mike. Could Could you have ever imagined – the air raid coach taking off the way that it did. And obviously you, you ran it, so you knew it could be successful, but could you have ever imagined it being as successful as it's become? Um, we used to sit around and say that uh, if you built a better mousetrap, people would be a path to your door. You know that old saying from yeah. the 19th century. And so when we were at Iowa Wesleyan, we would say that all the time. And then Mike took it and modernized it and turned it into uh, – if you have a sword like pirates do, then learn how to swing your sword. <laughs> and, and that's, that's what that was about. And yeah, we, we thought people would eventually copy us because the game, we were losing players to other sports and not, not in college, but in high school and junior high, because the game just wasn't any fun anymore. And it, it wasn't, you didn't have the same type of, of uh, mentality in the athletes of the the 1990s and the early 2000s that you had, say, 25 years before that. So the game had to change some because we were going to we were losing too many too many great athletes. Coach, I I have to assume that and, and Coach Leach recruited me uh, when he was at Texas Tech. And there were some interesting phone calls just in my recruitment process. I'm wondering what would, what was it like? What was it like to hit the recruiting trail with Coach Leach? I, I have to imagine there were some, uh, there's some entertaining times. He was uh, he was a very entertaining person, and and it hardly football hardly ever got talked about. Um, he. He had this way of just kind of casting a spell on you. And if you were on the phone with him, you know what I'm saying? You probably had some really long conversations. The longest conversations ever. <laughs> like ever. Yeah. And and if if, if you, my personal best is 15 hours. But <laughs> What? Yeah, 15 what? hours. Yeah. But he but but you didn't it wasn't like you didn't enjoy it. I mean, it was he had this way of casting this spell over you and you just wanted to keep talking to him. And and really, you didn't do very much talking. You just kind of, you, you know, you might suggest a topic, and then all of a sudden he'd drift off to, <laughs> he'd talk about that for a little bit, and then he'd drift off to something akin to it, and then something akin to that, and then something akin to that. Pretty soon you're you're way off subject. 
uh, yeah, 15 hours is my personal best. You, wait, you you got to tell us, Coach, how, how did you end up in a 15-hour phone conversation with Mike Leach? This was 2014, and I had taken the job at Bellhaven University, and Mike was still at Washington State. And, and you know, he would just call at random hours. And this, we had one of those games where you had to bus on, all through the night on Thursday to get there because it was like a 15-hour bus ride or 16, something like that. And uh, so I had all my bedding. I had an Ambien. I had my pillows, and I was going to sack out on the front row of the bus. And I get all comfortable, and the phone rings. And it's Mike. And then we proceeded to talk about everything under the sun except football. And it lasted for – we left the city limits of Jackson, Mississippi, and we hung up when I got to the city limits of Williamsburg, Kentucky. That's a conversation now. That's oh, yeah. a conversation. I mean, it covered it covered everything. I mean, <laughs> everything you've ever heard Mike Leach uh, spout in a press conference. You know, the little quips, the little five, three or four liners. You know that people always love reporting on. Uh, those were all. Those were all there. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> Bigfoot, a- space aliens, pirates. Uh, my ex-wife. <laughs> I mean, there was everything imaginable under the sun. You know. <laughs> Why In and Out burgers are better than Water burgers. I mean, there was everything. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's my personal best. But I'm I'm sure you can find some others that uh, come I don't close know. to that. That might be the longest phone conversation in the history of ever. But that's who he was. That's that that's who he was. Yeah. We're, we're hanging yeah, well, out. Well, I guess my whole point of that was you you didn't you did not want to hang out. You didn't. It wasn't like you didn't enjoy it. Right. I mean, you're just sitting there having this conversation. I I'll tell you another good one. Mason Miller is his offensive line coach, right, at, at State. But Mason played for us at Valdosta State, and Mason's dad was a uh, retired colonel, Marine Corps colonel. And when Mason came to Valdosta State, his dad called me, and he said, look, I don't care if he ever plays, but I just want to make sure you make him go to school. And I promised his dad I would do that. Well, there was a semester there where Mason decided he didn't like school very much, and so he wasn't going to class. So I called him in my office, and I told him, if you miss any more classes, there's going to be some very harsh things happen to you uh, and, uh, you know, possibly getting cut from the team. And so, I don't know, a week or so went by, and he was pretty good. He went, I kept checking on him. He was going to class. And, and then there was a day where he missed a class. So I called him in my office, and I said, Mason, I told you, and I started to chew him out and and right before i could say mason says it's not my fault it's coach leach's fault (laughs) and i said what do you mean he goes coach i was going to history class i walked by his office and he called me and he said miller get in here sit on that couch right there i gotta tell you something and and mason went in he thought it would take 30 seconds or something ended up taking two hours and the speech was all about geronimo and so he missed history class so how good is that just some of the stories from How Mummy on the legendary Mike Leach. One final break. We'll come back, put a bow tie on it. It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Mop and Roofing brings us the final hour of the Plank Show. 
Appreciate their support, as always, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Looking at a story from our man who's about to slide into the Brown O'Haver broadcasting booth right here. The one and only Parker Thune. Ten Oklahoma commits occupy the latest top 247, as do six targets that the Sooners continue to pursue. Jackson Arnold, P.J. Adabare, Petaway, Sammy Omasigo, Caden Green, Makari Vickers, Jacoby Johnson, LeBlanc, Lewis Carter, Josiah Wagner, all in that top 24-7. They just released, I guess, their latest 24-7 sports recruiting rankings 2023 class update. And then, of course, the six targets, David Hicks, Akana, who they just got the projection for, Bowen, who, again, there's been some smoke for a while that uh, perhaps that's going to be a flip from Notre Dame. Uh, Etta, the longtime Michigan commit, Micah Tease, again, seems to be, I don't want to say a probable flip, but at least someone that absolutely you got to keep your eye on here late. And then C.J. Blocker, the uh, defensive back that uh, is a top 24-7 sports target for the Sooners coming down the home stretch. So a bunch there to keep our eyes on. The uh, Akana crystal balls, that's huge, would be huge to add to this class for Oklahoma, which very much a top 10 class for OU and the chance maybe down the home stretch here to work the thing back into a top five class. Before it's all said and done, we shall see. Going to be a frantic finish one week. One week from today in the early signing period is underway. That's kind of crazy, but here we go. We are at that point in the schedule. That's it for me. That's it for us on the Plank Show. For Plank, I'm Josh. Appreciate you guys. Though we might not always agree on topics such as where should a new arena be sited, (laughs) should there be taxpayer dollars involved in said new arena, Hey, we get to do this every single day, and it's fun, and we appreciate you out there listening and on the text line, as always. So long, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday right here. Keep it locked in, though. Don't go anywhere. Steel Man and Thune at noon. They're coming your way next right here. It's the Home of Sooner Fans.